Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. You know, life can be such a grind at times, and so we're here sharing God's Word with you to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the host of the Grind It Podcast, the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. Today we're going to finish up the book of Luke. Uh, we'll be covering chapter 24. Uh, we have completed the book of Acts we, in detail, and we have completed uh, the Gospel of John in detail, and today we are completing the book of Luke in detail. And in the last chapter, well, let's just go back for a minute. Jesus started his, uh, his earthly ministry at the age of 30. His first miracle was uh, turning water into wine, and it was to show his disciples that he had handpicked, that he was the Messiah, the one they'd been looking for for a long, long time, that he is God in the flesh, and that, that they needed to trust him because since he has handpicked them, he is going to teach him his ways, God's ways, and he is going to be handing the kingdom over to them at some point. And at first, they didn't really understand this, and, but over time, they would... They, they would kind of grasp the concept, but not until Acts chapter 2 did they fully grasp what was really going on. And it really shows uh, in, in Luke 23 and in this chapter today. Um, for over three years, Jesus would pour himself into these men and these women that, that, that followed him uh, on a daily basis. Uh, on occasions, he would tell them that he's going to be betrayed and that he, he's going to have to die, but that he would be raised again. But but like I said a while ago, they, they didn't really get it. They didn't understand what he was talking about, even though they had the prophets and they had the Psalms and they would have had the teachings uh, from the synagogues, from the religious leaders. But they, they just they didn't fully comprehend exactly what God's will was and what was going on with, with Jesus and 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 we're going to see that and we're going to we we have a story here in Luke 24 that just basically puts us in a place where we can actually see their feelings and 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 we can understand the chaos and confusion that was going on for those 3 days where Jesus had had been killed on Friday tortured on the cross and then buried before sabbath began and then sabbath comes and they have to wait and the women had prepared spices to put on jesus's dead body and and they had to wait and since the sabbath was over and it was dark they waited until daybreak on sunday morning when the sun began to rise and that's where we pick up in luke 24 is with these women coming to the tomb to uh, put the spices on the body of Jesus and verses 1 through 12 reads like this but very early on Sunday morning the women went to the tomb taking the spices they had prepared and they found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance and so they went in but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus he's gone he's, he's resurrected but they, they don't really understand what's going on and so verse 4 says they they stood there puzzled of course they're puzzled they're wondering I mean this this tomb was sealed shut you did not break the seal or it meant death, right? And plus that stone would be heavy. Who, who, who rolled this stone away? And so, and, and where's the body? So they're puzzled. And, and uh, it says, Two men suddenly appeared to them, clothed in dazzling robes. That were, it, it, th those were angels. 
And the women were terrified, and they bowed with their faces to the ground. And the men asked, Why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He has risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and that he would rise again on the third day? In other words, he tried to tell you all this was coming, but you just didn't understand. You just didn't get it. And then they remembered, verse 8, they remembered that Jesus had said this. So they rushed back from the tomb to tell, the, uh, tell his 11 disciples. Remember, Judas has gone out and hung himself. So there's 11 disciples left. And everyone else, what had happened, in verse 10, we're given some names of the women that were there at the tomb that morning. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and several other women who told the apostles what had happened. But the story sounded like nonsense to the men, so they didn't believe it. However, Peter jumped up and ran to the tomb to look. And stooping, he peered in and saw the empty linen wrappings. And then he went home again, wondering what had happened. You know, we can only imagine the confusion that these people were dealing with. Here was a man who claimed to be from God. He worked so many miracles. He, he helped a ton of people. And he even raised the dead back to life. I mean, he stopped a funeral procession as it was coming out of town. And, and he uh, raised the widow's son back to life. He had raised Lazarus just right outside of Jerusalem and Bethany. He had raised Lazarus, his good friend, back to life. And yet they have seen him die on the cross and they had seen him being put in a tomb before sabbath and 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 they just they don't they can't grasp it and now they've had to wait for three days and they've waited for the sabbath to be over with and they show up to the tomb and and now the tomb is open and it's empty and 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 there's angels popping in on the scene and so it, it's just a lot of confusion and a lot of chaos and if you ever lost a loved one, you can kind of understand what's going on, especially if it was if it was unexpected, that it just happened quickly. And 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 just put yourself in, in in their shoes. I mean, Jesus was claiming to be the Son of God, God in the flesh, the Messiah. They've been the Old Testament has pointed to Jesus all of this time. And here he is. He's been walking with these people for three to three and a half years. They have become really close friends like brothers and sisters and 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 they 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 love him with all that they have and they they watched him die and buried and now this the tomb is empty and they don't know where Jesus is and in John uh, in John's gospel uh, when they're talking to the angels Mary Magdalene stays behind and has a conversation with the angels and and, and she doesn't even acknowledge that they're angels, and then she even turns to leave the tomb, weeping and crying so hard. It, it, it's like that uh, that cry that you get that you can't even hardly breathe. That deep cry, and she turns, and there's a man, and she thinks it's the gardener, but it's actually Jesus. But she doesn't recognize Jesus, and 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 so she has a conversation with Jesus, and it's not until. She turns to walk away from Jesus when he calls her by her name and he says, Mary, and she recognizes his voice and she turns and, and grabs a hold of him. And he says, you know, don't cling to me, uh, but you go tell uh, the rest of the, 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 the brethren that I'm alive and I'm, I'm going to be going back to the Father. But uh, the tomb is open. 
The tomb is empty. Nobody knows where Jesus is. And and I, I just can't, like I said a while ago, I can't imagine the empty feeling they had. Uh, and, and, and we're going to kind of dive in here, Luke does, for his readers even 2,000 years later so we can understand or kind of understand the feelings that they had uh, that day because what we in the other gospels what we find them doing is going into a room and and locking the door behind them because they're afraid they're they're living in fear because they're afraid they're going to be next they, they've seen this happen to jesus and if it's if it could happen to jesus well it could happen to us so there's a lot of confusion there's a lot of chaos and and, and there's a lot of fear going on but that's about to change uh, here in just a little bit and so Luke shifts his focus to a very cool story I love this story about two dudes that are walking from Jerusalem down the road to Emmaus where they lived in verses 13 through 30, 34 it reads like this that same day two of Jesus's followers were walking to the village of Emmaus seven miles from Jerusalem and as they walked along they were talking about everything that had happened and as they talked and discussed these things Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them, but God kept them from recognizing Jesus. And he asked them, What are you discussing so intently as you walk along? And they stopped short, sadness written across their faces. And then one of them, Cleopas, we have their name, the disciple's name, Cleopas, replied, You must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that's happened here these last few days. What things? Jesus asked. The things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they said. He was a prophet who did powerful miracles, and he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our leading priests and the other religious leaders, they handed him over to be condemned to death, and they crucified him. Now listen to this. We had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. And this all happened three days ago. And then some women from our group of his followers were at his tomb early this morning. They came back with an amazing report. And they said his body was missing. And they had seen angels who told them Jesus is alive. And some of our men ran out to sea. And sure enough, his body was gone, just as the women had said. And then Jesus said to them, you foolish people. Remember, they don't, they don't recognize Jesus and who he is. And Jesus is talking to him, And he says, you foolish people. You find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in the scriptures. Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory? And then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets. So he goes all the way back to Genesis and Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, the, the, the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Old Testament. And he begins to explain to them about how the Messiah uh, would, would come and, and die for his people and redeem them. So by this time, they're nearing Emmaus and at the end of their journey. And Jesus acted as if he were going on, but they begged him, stay the night with us since it's getting late. And so he went home with them and they sat down to eat and he took bread and blessed it. And then he broke it and he gave it to them. And suddenly their eyes were open and they recognized him. And at that moment, he disappeared. And they said to each other, Didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? And within the hour, they were on their way back to Jerusalem. And there they found the eleven disciples and the others who had gathered with them, who said, The Lord has really risen. He appeared to Peter. Now, let's break this down. Because this, this story 
just gives us great insight of what how how the disciples were feeling and all this chaos and confusion and how sad they were because Luke literally says you can see the sadness on their face and and I've seen people uh, quite a bit here lately ask this question does God have a sense of humor and the answer is simply yes because we can we can really see humor in this story yes we see a lot of chaos confusion and sadness but we can see humor god's humor in this story because luke points out that god himself kept them from recognizing jesus and so it's like he knew that he was fixing to have this story time with them on the road and he knew that he would be eating with them and he knew that he would have uh, a dinner with them and he would break that bread and say a blessing and he would be revealed to them and he knew the joy that would soon be in their hearts and so it's kind of, it's almost like as if god was just setting them setting them up for this great moment in time and in their lives uh for joy to just come flooding in to their lives and so i believe absolutely that god and there's other there's tons of other passages um, but we're on this one in particular today for the road to Emmaus. But I, I honestly believe that God does have a sense of humor. So <clears throat> they're walking down the road, right? And they're talking about what had uh, just taken place. They're discussing uh, what has happened in Jerusalem. Jesus has been crucified by, you know, by the religious leaders who had a mockery of a trial. It wasn't a fair trial. They lied to get him convicted. And, and, and they have nailed him to the cross. These Roman soldiers were, had made a mockery of him being a king, and they parted his garments or divided his garments, ripped him up into shreds, and gambled for them there before the cross. And, and, and Jesus hung on that cross for six hours, and they put his body in the tomb before six o'clock that Friday because uh, the Sabbath would begin, and, and, and they've had to sit around. And think about this and, and wonder what's going on. And and you know when, when tragedy strikes in our lives, that's what we do. We, we, we try to make sense of it all. And it's very difficult. And, 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 and so what we do, we hash it out. We try to reason and we talk about, we if you call it venting or whatever you want to call it, but we talk about it with, with our friends and our family to try to make sense of it all. And that's exactly what's going on here. They're, they're, they're walking on the road from, from Jerusalem. They've been there those three days for Passover, and they're coming back to their hometown of Emmaus, and, and, and the two disciples are just trying to make sense of it all. And they're sad, and they're, they're, they're talking to each other, about the events that had taken place and then jesus uh shows up and he says what you guys talking about i mean he just showed up out of nowhere he just popped up on the scene and and, and these guys didn't even acknowledge it they just think well hey some stranger just come up to us and wants to know what's going on and, and so <clears throat> listen to their reply the the guy named cleopas says you must be the only person in jerusalem who hasn't heard about all these things that's happened here in the last few days and Jesus says, what things? So this would be the equivalent to the, the saying that we have today is, dude, are you living under a rock? Do you, do you not have a clue as to what just happened? What's going on? It's the biggest news that's been around these parts and forever. This guy was claiming to be the Messiah. He was claiming to be God in the flesh. 
He helped so many people. He'd done so many miracles. He brought so much joy. He showed so much compassion and grace and mercy. And, 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 and he even raised people from the dead, but, but he didn't save himself. And we, he, he, he allowed those people to, 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 to lie about him and to mock him and to accuse him and to nail him to the cross. And, and, and he's been in the tomb for three days and now the, the tomb is empty and we don't we can't understand what's going on or how do you not know what's going on this is this is huge news and all i can picture is jesus getting this big old grin on his face because yes he knows what's going on because it was he who was going through it all and in a short time he's going to reveal himself to these men and they would too understand what had happened so remember these 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 are disciples, meaning that they they have followed Jesus. That's what a disciple is. It's a follower. They had put their hope in Jesus. They had put their trust in Jesus. But I want to show you just how defeated uh, these people were and how they had lost all hope because they are talking in past tense as if Jesus was defeated, as if he was dead and gone forever. It says that... When, when they're talking to Jesus, listen to the past tense. The things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they said, he was a prophet who did powerful miracles. He was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our leading priests and other religious leaders, they handed him over to be condemned to death and they crucified him. And we had hoped. There it is. We had hoped. They're crushed absolutely crushed they have lost all hope we had hoped he was the messiah who had come to to rescue israel and this all happened three days ago and then some women of our group of his followers were at his tomb early this morning and they came back on their amazing report and said his body was missing and they had seen angels who told them jesus is alive and some of our men ran out to see him and sure enough his body was gone just as the women had said they had lost all hope because of what's taking place and they don't understand it and they're, they're reasoning with themselves trying to figure it all out make sense of it all and now this stranger pops up on the scene and wants to know what's going on and so th they rehearse the story with this stranger hoping that maybe he's got some answers and guess what he does have the answers and he's going to restore hope uh, like I said, this passage, it gives us great insight to what these people, and in particular, these disciples, were, or even all the disciples were thinking and how they were feeling because they were so confused. They're, they're full of all kinds of emotions. And, and, and Jesus kind of chastised them for their disbelief. And he reminds them of what the prophet said about the Messiah and how this was God's actual plan, that the Messiah had to come and be betrayed and die and be buried and be raised again from the grave and so they're, they're as they're talking they come to Emmaus which is they come to the, the the disciples home and Jesus acted like he was just going to keep traveling on down the road and they they just persuade him hey come come in with us come spend the night with us it's getting late you got to be hungry let's just fix us something to eat get a good night's rest and you can go on about your way tomorrow and so Jesus says hey good good plan and so Luke says that he went home with them and they sat down to eat and he took the bread and he blessed it. 
And then he broke it and he gave it to them. And suddenly their eyes were open and they recognized. And remember, God had sh- shut their eyes from understanding or knowing or recognizing that this was Jesus. But now when, this, when Jesus broke that bread and he, and he blessed it and he broke it to pass it out to give them something to eat, they, their, their eyes were open and they, they recognized Jesus. What, what a moment that had to have been. And, and as soon as they recognized it was, you know, it's like, it's like Jesus breaks, he prays, he breaks the bread. And, and all of a sudden, it's like they recognize him. And before they can even get, gee, he's gone. He disappears into thin air. And they said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? And within the hour, they're heading back to Jerusalem. And I bet you it didn't take them very long to make that journey back to Jerusalem. It was a long road to Emmaus. It was a short road back to Jerusalem so they could tell the other disciples and the others who had gathered with the disciples that the Lord has risen indeed. So they, they, they have seen moments like this before. They have seen Jesus take uh, two fish and, and, and loaves of bread five loaves of bread and break the bread and bless it and pass it out. They've seen that. And he fed over 5,000. Really, it was over probably around ten to 12,000. It may be even more if you count the women and the children. The 5,000 was just counting up the men that were there that day. Um, he has had Passover meals with them before. He's been in the homes of Pharisees and and, and, and other uh, like tax collectors and He's been in people's homes and had meals with them. So they have seen this many times. Jesus, take bread and bless it and break it and pass it out. And 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 I could just see it going down something like this. They, 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 these two men have a guest over and they're going to prepare a meal. And Jesus steps in and <clears throat> maybe says something like this. Fellas, do y'all mind if I say a blessing uh, for this food before we eat it? And, and they're probably like, Okay, sure. Yeah, go ahead. That's a great idea. And so he takes the bread and he breaks it <clears throat> to pass it to them. And, 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 and he says the blessing and, and immediately, immediately they recognize and the, the scales fall from their eyes and their eyes are open and they, they recognize Jesus. God removed that veil and, and, and it's like Jesus and they couldn't even get it out before he just disappears into thin air and they go running back to Jerusalem. It's about a six hour, uh, no, I'm sorry, a six mile journey, six to seven miles from Emmaus to Jerusalem. And like I said, when they were coming to Emmaus from Jerusalem, they're heavy hearted. They're discussing what's going on. So they're taking their time as they meander back down the road to Emmaus. But now they have seen Jesus. He has been there in their midst, in their home. And, and, and they were about to have a meal with him until he disappeared. So now they're so full of excitement, so full of joy. I, I, just, I could just picture them making a beeline straight to Jerusalem to tell the other disciples and the people that had gathered with the disciples what was going on. And it says, there they found the 11 disciples and the others who had gathered with them who said, the Lord has really risen. He's alive, just, just like the angel said, just like the women said, just like Peter said. So the story shifts to the two, two disciples telling the other disciples what had taken place in verse 35 through 49. It says this. 
Then the two from Emmaus told their story of how Jesus had appeared to them as they were walking along the road and how he had recognized them as he was breaking the bread. And just as they were telling about it, Jesus himself was suddenly standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. But the whole group was startled and frightened, thinking they were seeing a ghost. Why are you frightened, he asked. Why are your hearts filled with doubt? Look at my hands. Look at my feet. You can see that it's really me. Touch me and make sure that I am not a ghost, because ghosts don't have bodies as you see that I do. And as he spoke, he showed them his hands and his feet. Why would he do that? Because they still had the scar prints, in the, the nail prints in his hands and his feet or his wrist, wherever the, the nails they, wherever they put the nails. And so he showed him uh, his hands and his feet. You can see that it's really me. Touch me for, and make sure that I'm not a ghost because ghosts don't have bodies as you see that I do. And as he spoke, he showed them his hands and his feet. And he said, Still I stood there in disbelief, filled with wonder and joy. And then he asked them, Do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish and he ate it as they watched. And then he said, When I was with you before, I told you everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms. It's got to be fulfilled. And then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said, Yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and arise from the dead on the third day. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all the nations beginning in Jerusalem. And that's exactly what's going to happen in Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Spirit falls with this group of people. And the message is, there is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. You are witnesses of all these things. And that, that's going to make a huge difference. And now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my Father promised, but stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. So they have all seen the brutality of the beating that Jesus took just three days ago, right? They saw him struggling to breathe on a cross for six hours. They saw him die. They saw him being placed in a tomb if they were anywhere around. Or at least they knew what was going on with Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus who took Jesus' body down from the cross and put it in Joseph's tomb. Uh, and You did not break the seal of that tomb because it meant death if you did. Jesus has appeared out of nowhere He's standing before him. This is the first time that he has made his appearance to the whole group. Uh, the women saw the empty tomb and they saw the angels. Jesus has appeared to these two men, one named Cleopas, who was a disciple, who had been with the group but had gone home. And Jesus appears to them on the road to uh, their home, to Emmaus. And he has starts to have a meal with them before he disappears. They run back. They're telling the whole group, hey, we saw Jesus. And as they're rehearsing their story to the group, Jesus appears out of nowhere. He doesn't open a door. There's no knock at the door. They don't let him in. He just appears out of nowhere. And they're scared. They're frightened. He says, he says don't be afraid. Hey, this is me. You're not seeing a ghost. Because that's what they, they, they thought they were seeing a ghost, which brings up a whole... Uh, Interesting discussion that we're not going to have in this podcast, but uh, ghosts must be real because Jesus said, I'm not a ghost. Ghosts don't have bodies. I have a body. You see my hands and you see my feet. You can see, uh, Thomas, you can, since you are doubting, you know, you can put your hands in my hands. You can touch the nail prints on my feet. You can put your hand in my side where the spear pierced me. I have a body. Matter of fact, <clears throat> to prove to you that it's really me. What do, what do you got to eat? What, what do you guys, what are y'all eating 
for supper here. Well, we've got some broiled fish. Let me have, let me have some of that broiled fish. And Jesus takes, literally takes the broiled fish and begins to eat the fish just like a human being because he was a human being. He, he had a body. He had flesh. But yet he's alive. And they had seen all this bad stuff go down just three days later. And here he is standing in the midst of them. And they're freaking out. And he's saying, why are y'all so full of doubt? It's because we ain't never seen nothing like this before. This is crazy stuff, man. We saw you die. And, and, and now you're standing before. How, how, how does this happen? And so Jesus says, look, I've been trying to tell y'all this for three years, that this was going to happen. This was God's will. And, and, and uh, I am the Messiah. I am God in the flesh. I am the one that you've been looking for, the anointed one. And this was God's plan. And, 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 and so he, he opens their understanding so that they can understand the scriptures. They had over 300 prophecies in the Old Testament explaining who the Messiah would be, what he would do, and what he would go through. And Jesus fulfilled every one of them. And they just didn't get it. They didn't understand until up to this point. And there's Jesus standing before them, eating fish, hanging out, and telling stories. And and very soon, we'll see here at the end of the chapter, he's going to ascend back to the Father. And the Holy Spirit's going to come in Acts chapter 2. And that's when they really get it. And they're all full of boldness. Uh, just like, because uh, Jesus says this, this message is going to be preached starting right here in Jerusalem, but it's going to be preached until the ends of the, uh, all over the earth, the ends of the earth. And, and you, you guys, you, you people in this room are the ones that's going to go forth and tell this message. And he says, you're witnesses of it. And, and look, if you've seen Jesus die on a cross, be put in that tomb for three days, and now he's standing in the midst of you, um, people don't people don't give their lives for a dead man. People don't give their lives. They, they don't go through beatings and and and, and persecution, and 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 have their heads chopped off for something that's not true. That's why I don't understand why why people have such a hard time believing God's word and that Jesus is real, because these these were real people and they literally gave their lives for the sake of the gospel being spread and being told so that we today could have God's word, so that we could have these messages, so that we can have God's truth to to tell us how that we can live a life pleasing to God, to tell us that God loves us so much that he sent his only begotten son, Jesus, to die on the cross, even though we didn't deserve it because we were enemies. Because of our sin, we were separated from God, but he loved us so much that he gave his son to be the the, the Passover lamb, the once and for all sacrifice. And this would be a game changer for these people, and it would be the focus of their lives from here on out. And if anyone wants proof that Jesus is real, just take a look at what went on in this room. Because like I said, it literally changed their lives. You've got Peter who had been, I mean, Peter, think about this, Peter, who has been outspoken for Jesus for three years. And yet when Jesus was arrested, he tried to even defend Jesus with that sword. And he tried to cut off Malchus's head and Malchus ducks and he cut off his ear instead. And so 
Jesus puts it back on and he says, put up your sword. This is God's will. And Peter says, I don't understand this. I don't know what, what's going on. I, and Jesus says, hey, you're going to deny me three times. And Peter said, I'll never deny you. I will die with you. But yet when it came time for Jesus to die, where's Peter? He's out warming himself by the fire, denying Jesus three times. And the rooster crows. And Jesus and Peter make eye contact. And Peter just runs off crying hysterically because he had done exactly what he said he would not do. And that's denying Jesus. <clears throat> but now we find Peter when uh, in Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Spirit falls. He's preaching the very first sermon on the day of Pentecost. He's, he's going into the temple to preach about Jesus and the kingdom of God and he's healing people. He's working miracles through the power of God and he's changing people's lives and he's brought before the Sanhedrin and the rulers of Jerusalem and they say, hey, you can't do this. You can't teach and preach in the name of Jesus anymore. And they say, whatever, we're going to keep doing it. So they go right back to the uh, temple. They come uh, and arrest uh, Peter and John again and, and they're beaten this time, uh, flogged and very, you know, very, very painful. And uh, they go right back to the temple and keep on preaching and teaching in the name of Jesus and healing people, bringing hope. Just uh, People w would not do that unless something happened that changed their lives. And what went on in this room right here literally changed their lives. That's why Jesus says, you are all witnesses of what has taken place. Now go tell people. And that message still reigns today it, it it still goes out jesus is still calling people for salvation hey i love you i died for you i want you to be reconciled to my father and and the only way you can do that is by accepting me as your lord and savior if you've never done that i pray that you would get in contact with me today or get in contact with somebody at a local church find a christian that you know and ask them what do i need to do to be saved. You can contact me at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com and I will help you in any way that I can answer any questions that you have because I want you to be saved. I want your life to be changed. I, I didn't say I, I, I didn't want anything bad to happen in your life because just because we come to Jesus, that does not mean bad things are not going to happen. They are still going to happen. In fact, when we follow Jesus, it sometimes can get worse just like it did for uh, these disciples of Jesus and because they were persecuted and, and beaten and killed for preaching and teaching the name of Jesus. Um, and, but it, it literally changed their life and gave them hope. And I want you to have the same hope that they had and that I have and that we have, those who have been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. Luke ends chapter 24 by saying that Jesus ascends back to heaven to be with the Father. And we see this also in Acts chapter 1. But Luke says, Then Jesus led them to Bethany, and lifting his hands to heaven, he blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up to heaven. And so they worshipped him, and then they returned to Jerusalem, filled with great joy, because they were in Bethany. And so he, they returned to Jerusalem, just like Jesus told them to do. And they spent all of their time in the temple praising God and you could just imagine why because they're so excited that Jesus is alive and folks I, I don't know what's going on in your life I, I, I know life is hard and especially 
Uh, I'm recording this on June 10th, 2022. There's so much confusion and chaos, drama, fear, just all kinds of crazy stuff going on in our world. But I want you to be, I want you to be assured today that that God is 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 He is very aware of what's going on. He he He's not turned his head he has not turned a blind eye to what's going on he's in control he is sovereign that's what our my pastor preached on this past sunday about the sovereignty of god he is in control even though it may not look like it he really is but we need to be reminded today that jesus is alive jesus loves you he died for you and he wants you to be saved because when we take our last breath on this earth we take our first breath in eternity. And I hope and pray that you've made the choice to be a disciple of Jesus so that when you take your first breath into eternity, it's in His very presence to be with Him forever and ever and ever. That's why we have Luke 24, to give us that hope, to give us that promise that God has sent His Son to die for our sins. And that's exactly what He did and he came through, and he is victorious over death and hell, and he's twirling the keys of those, death, hell, and the grave, because he has conquered. He is our conquering king, and he's sitting at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for you and me if we've been washed in his blood. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day. Keep grinding. Thank you for listening to the Grinded Podcast today. May God bless you. If you have any comments or questions, you can email them to us at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like Randy to come and speak at your church or your next event, you can contact him through that same email address. Also, I would like to thank Jody Foster's Army, also known as JFA, for their song, Abba, as we use for our intro and our outro off their untitled 1984 album. May God bless you, and remember, keep your eyes on Jesus and keep grinding.